You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. So Sid Talk, we just, um, it's World Cup fever in our office today. I don't think that's accurate. And um, we don't have an office, but you're a little feverish. Home office. It. I'll give you that. <laughs> It is um, 7pm on Saturday evening, the 16th, no, the 14th, sorry, (laughs) and um, tonight was uh, England's first World Cup game, if you're following along with the World Cup, and if you're American, you probably don't even know what the World Cup is. First ever? They've never been in it before? This time. (laughs) And um, it was a great game, it lasted uh, 95 minutes, and uh, we lost, so that's pretty much the size of it. So I was expecting them to win. Um, Why? I don't know. I always think the first match we're going to win. But what generally happens, and I'm just thinking about it, this is no different. We usually do really well in the first half, and then in the second half do really poorly and then lose. So I guess we just lived up to the expectations. When did you win? Oh, uh, 1966. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a pattern that hasn't quite formed yet. (laughs) No. But it will. We're not very good at the World Cup. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah that's the world that's the world cup uh you you're not a football fan i call it football it's not football to you people <laughs> to my species it's um the s word soccer uh yeah so um i like i don't follow football like i mean i i, I see how like manchester united are doing and stuff i don't really follow it but the world cup's different i'll, I'll you know i like to Hmm. I'd have to liken you then to people who don't like American football, but then sit watch on their the, butt all day and watch Super Bowl. Right. Well, that's only one game they have to watch, though, isn't it? It's still the it's same not thing. A big You're not invested in the your team, really. You're only going to watch the championship. If they didn't make it to the World Cup, you would never well, even watch an England The match. difference is with the World Cup, you're not rooting for your team, i.e. Manchester United or whatever. It's an actual national team made up of people from all different teams. So, But don't they play all the time around the world? They don't just play in the World Cup. They play in the World Cup and they play in the European Championship, but not all the time. No, mm. it, England get England team gets together maybe two or three times a year. It's not like a you can't constantly watch England play. So it is kind of a novelty to see all yeah. these star players in one team because they're players from all teams in the Premiership. But um, yeah, that was uh, it. Was um, Italy won? As you can tell, there was no before the show discussion. It was just, oh! It was just oh, me watching the World Cup. Oh, yes! <laughs> click, 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 type, any type, 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 Twitter, 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 Twitter. Oh, no! Oh! Oh, that's so close! Oh, that guy got hurt! That was the discussion. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's World Cup. Um, you know, that's the first match. Second match is next week. I think we play Ghana next. So, this is, it's not the World Cup show... It's the after the show, and this is after the uh, other show of today, which was a movie that we watched. <laughs> so this podcast, we review a movie, and this week's movie, on after the show number 331, on Saturday, June the 14th, as I stated earlier, is the Lego movie. It's a 2014 movie, released on Blu-ray on the 17th of June, so you can pick it up this Tuesday coming. It's a PG from our friends at Warner Brothers. And we looked at the Blu-ray edition. It's called the Everything is Awesome edition. It's um, it's quite, I'll talk about the packaging later. It's kind of cool. But uh, 
Sid Talk, give us a synopsis of the Lego movie. First, I just realized, you know, we always kind of giggle when people who work in the movie industry say, well, the last show I was working on was Kill Bill, and the last show I was working on, the other one show I was working on, because we're like, show! And we call our podcast after the show. That was actually partially the joke when I made the thing up. I said to you, it's funny how people call movies shows, and that's where I came up with after the show. Right. Your thing is on, by the way. Your volume. It's not mine. Mine's off. All right. Will that impact the podcast recording? No. Apparently not. I don't know these technical things. Synopsis <laughs> of the Lego movie. It is a commercial for Legos. We have to get that out of the way first. No bullshit. You can't delude yourself into thinking it's anything. It's fun. It's fantastic. However, it's a commercial for Lego. It makes you, and you're not a Lego person, want to mess with some Lego. So... That's number one. Number two, it is a story of, you know, good, innocent, kind of dim-witted guy versus the big, bad, corporate-y kind of a guy. Um, there's a little love interest in there. Action. Action. Adventure. adventure. You know, it's bad versus good. CG animated movie. Mm-hmm. So um, let's move on to the Lego movie. So, what I was going to ask you first, what is your um, dealings with Lego in your life? And everybody's had dealings with yep. Lego, I'm sure. As Everybody. a child, I didn't have any. I was not a Lego person. Plus, it was the 60s and 70s, or 70s, and it wasn't really, for me, it wasn't a thing. As I got into my teens and late teens, my brother, who happens to be 10 years older than me, who also then missed the childhood Lego thing, started buying before he had children, I believe, maybe just when he was having my first niece, thousands of Legos, sets and kits and buckets and boxes and thousands. So my dealings with Lego is go to his house and this, okay, this is last Christmas. This is 2013. The pool table is converted now to a <laughs> uh, train track of Lego stuff. Lego train track. Lego and then three big tubs of Lego that have been carefully sorted by my nieces by color and purpose and design and all that stuff. So they start getting dumped in the middle of the table. And then we all sit there for hours building weird stuff or buildings, you know, bus depot. And they put together a couple kits because for Christmas he gets each of their, kid, their kids, even though they're all grown in their 20s, a big Lego kit. So that's my sort of peripheral experience with Lego. When I get my hands on them, I just, it's like I, you literally, and they're right, you get this like weird childy thing, you know, as long as you have enough to play with. Because my brother has thousands, like thousands of each color, I would imagine, and every size. And, you know, you've got 10 different types of horses and 20 different kinds of people and 10 different kinds of windows. And I mean, it's just everything. So when I, when you can't have that many. It's like, I can build anything, you know. And mine always end up being kind of boring, kind of structured and cathedral-ish or museums or something like that. I'm not real wacky, but it really turns something on in you. So watching this movie, everywhere you're looking, it's like, ooh, I could build that. Ooh, I would like to build that. Ooh, I'd want to build that. And like they said in the in one of the extras, they said they didn't cheat in the movie. Everything in the movie can be built with Lego bricks. There's no, like, odd-shaped things Everything's right. built with bricks. So if you wanted to build something you see in the movie, you could build I'm it. sure people have. Yeah. 
Um, so my experience with Lego is, and I didn't have a massive experience with Lego because I, I was into stickle bricks when I was a kid. Do you remember stickle bricks? Never they were like these plastic bricks. With, I don't think we had them here. They had. They were made up of loads of little points, so it felt like a hedgehog made out of plastic when you rubbed your fingers along it, and they stick together because the mm-hmm. the the points go into the other points. And I had lots of stickle bricks. I remember them. They were for younger kids, though. They're kind of like Duplo, like. But I remember stickle bricks. It really sticks out in my mind, making little cars out of stickle bricks. But I did have, and when Star Wars came along and I was Star Wars nuts, um, Lego didn't actually do licensed Star Wars stuff. But there was the, the nearest thing was this, like, there was a little um, spaceship and a little dude who was like a spaceman, generic spaceman. And I had that Lego kit, and I remember building... Wow, they had those back in the 70s? Yeah, I remember wow. building the Lego man. And uh, building the Lego, it was like a spaceship, but it was a fictitious one. And this little Lego uh, minifigure. <laughs> and he's actually in this movie, which was like, um, I was mind blown when he turned up. I was like, oh my which God. Which one was he? He's the little spaceman with oh, the Oh, the right. Spaceship. And spaceship. The, and the best thing about it was, one of the first things that happened to my little spaceman was he's, uh, he has a helmet on and the helmet connects under his chin and it was snapped. It snapped very easily because when you pulled the helmet off, it kind of snapped. In the movie, he's rendered with a snapped chin piece. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, that's the one I had. And it, mine was snapped. Was that what they were like? It you was know? the 80s space guy. So it was from the 80s, right? Yeah. So um, that was totally nostalgic for me. But yeah, I didn't have a massive... Did it make you want to get that and put it together again? Yeah, I bet you can now, right? I bet they redid it. And I bet it's broken when you buy it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so... um you know, that's my history with Lego. And I played with Lego. It's, uh, I remember playing with Lego at, at, like, preschool or something. I remember a, t- a table full of Lego. and Was just... it around then? I can't remember how long ago it It says that it started in, like, early 70s on the... Okay. Because I just don't remember uh, being exposed to it. In my... I mean, I did Lincoln Logs, Tinker Toys. I just never had any Legos. But now it's become this... It's Go and look on Amazon, and I was like, "Let's! I want to look at what they do make out of Lego." And it's like this black hole pit of like, "Oh, that's cool! Oh, look at that! Look at that!" And <laughs> yeah. you just keep going. Like. Yeah. And then, and then if you kept adding that to your car, you would be very poor, <laughs> very quickly. And in the movie, we will address that an adult yep. can get quite enamored, just like with anything. But that's a lot of money. It's very expensive to be a Legoist or so, a rebricker. Those are called rebricks, rebricker. Yeah, something like that. So, getting onto the movie itself, an animated movie, like you know, we—I was going to say like we've seen before, but no, because I thought it was—I like the animation style of this. I like how it's kind of jerky. Sometimes it kind of fits with the when the sea was rolling. Yeah, like, there was a bit where and the sea's made out of bricks. Everything's made out of bricks. Water pours out of something. It's transparent bricks falling on the floor. It's really cool. I it's like those thingies like from the, the games, the little lantern ones. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked all that. There's lots of, if you're a Lego fan, there's lots of moments where you're like, oh my god, they did, th- they used that piece for that. That's really funny. Um, I thought the movie was really, really clever. That was my main thing with it. Um, it feels like you're watching The Matrix. I disagreed with that when you said, it. I'm like, I don't get what you're saying. I-, I feel that she was Trinity, he's Neo, that's Morpheus, uh, Morgan Freeman. 
There's the real world and oh, the... see, that's like and loads of other stories too. I guess that's why I didn't think Matrix because it wasn't. I just, like... felt, I just felt the. I felt that um, Liam Neeson is like Agent Smith coming after them. You know, there's there's a lot of Matrixy type stuff in there. I'm not sure if that. I mean, yes, you can I compare so. it, but it's compared to like thousands of other movies too. Well, the Matrix ripped off the Bible. So you no, could also say it's I'm the same. Just like lots of movies have the same thing. I just saw the Matrix running through it, and then during the extras when they said, "Oh yeah, it was animated by the people who animated the Matrix," I was like, "Oh." But they didn't influence the story. But perhaps they did. You know, I feel that the Matrix is stamped all over that story. She builds them a bike, and they have a, hi- a, a highway chase on a bike. I've seen a lot of other movies. Yeah, but it's too. She, she's, she's a. I mean, you're hooked on that, so you're gonna say it. And she's see a hacker. Comparison. I don't of. see it, so don't. She hacks into. He sees everything clearly. Um, At the end. As a, yeah. Well, the Matrix. It, there's a lot of. There's a lot of Matrix. But that was really cool because I think it was feeding towards people's pop culture. There's a lot of pop culture stuff. They mention. Other things. They mentioned Harry Potter at one point. There's loads of people in this movie, like Wonder Woman. and That's because Lego owns rights, rights to all of to them. all kinds yeah. of things. Star Wars is even in here, in, yep. you know, in its real form. Like, it's, it's, and it's made, it's a joke. Batman's in it. There's lots of jokes made at the expense of other franchises, which I thought was really cool because, because Lego own all that. Well, they possible. Can use them. Can use it. I mean, yeah. Disney own Star Wars, but they make Lego toys of Star Wars, so they do have some kind of franchise right to it. But they had lawyers going through every single clause what of every use, single what can thing. We yeah, do? like oh, they didn't say we can't do this, and then we can't do this. They didn't specifically tell us we couldn't put this in the movie. <laughs> but that you know, and then there's other like historical characters. Like there's all kinds of things in this movie, and I, I thought it was a really clever story. I think, I'm not going to spoil it, but I think the ending was like a, it was perfect almost. It was like, did you, you pulling your face? I'm not, oh, I'm pulling face because I think by saying I'm not going to say anything about the ending, but saying it's perfect is like saying something about the ending. It gives you an expectation. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm sort of neutral on the ending myself, but. I thought it was. But by saying that, you're it, already setting people up to go, oh, it's going to have a perfect ending. So No, I don't mean perfect as in, um, like, it makes you feel... I, I, I just mean, it was... It actually surprised me. Like, what happens? It was a surprise. I, I didn't see that. Like, I, it doesn't feel like that type of thing. And uh, there are clues all the way through the movie, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I was like... And they're really... Those, those clues are actually really funny. I, I thought I found that really funny too. Um, I really like the animation style. The best thing of all, I think it's really cool. It's it's not what you expect. Like something like a Pixar movie, it's so slick, or a Disney movie even. It's so smooth and it's so crispy, clear, and the contrast is really high. This is kind of foggy looking sometimes. And that is to its. It, I didn't like that. I like the times when it wasn't that. See, I like that because it added to this kind of like griminess like some of the um lego people some of the toys and the vehicles looked like people had played with them like they were dirty that i do but i'm talking about the actual screen goes a bit like the contrast goes down it's kind of kind of not super bright and crispy clear a couple yeah because it has real it it almost has real world lighting on an on a cg set which makes sense yeah 
Um, yeah, so like there's actually real kind of lighting, like like a Pixar movie, like Toy Story. Even though they are in the real world, it's very like you say saturated and everybody's bright, and it's this actually has like a mood to it, like they've added a light source. But I like that, and especially the uneven kind of animation to it. It just made it feel like something different to me. Even when they're having like chases, there's a chase on, on a train, and you know, it it seems. And in the extras, there are some um, actual Lego movies that people have made, stop motion with just the, just a camera on the desk or whatever. And it kind of brings makes it feel like that, but like a high budget version of that. Yeah. So I like that, and that is a big movement. I, ju- I was just looking it up. It, well, yeah. it has been for the last five six years um, of put making YouTube, homemade videos. Yeah, put YouTube easily accessible, inexpensive digital cameras and Legos together with people who are very enthusiastic. So people have made like the whole of, the whole of Star Wars in Lego, and you know they've spent years doing things like that. So there are other Lego movies out there that are not actually this Lego movie that exist. If you go and look on YouTube. In fact, somebody made the whole of Star Wars. Somebody made the whole of The Godfather in Lego. Um, so there's all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, so what did you think? Or what, what was it? Something you? I'd like to see another one of these. And I'd watch this again, probably a couple of times because there's, there's a lot so of jokes. Much, not just that. I mean, visually, it kind of, it kind of, not. It doesn't get blurry, but it's too fast sometimes for you to enjoy. What's actually right in front of your face? Like the chase is too fast. You can't see the vehicles. You can't unless they slow motion it, which they don't. You can't see all the parts and all the things in the background. It's definitely a movie you could pause and look at each uh, frame. Um, but I didn't find that was a problem. The the chases were really. But fun. you saw every single detail and every single scene. That's impossible. <laughs> I mean, I. I knew what everything was, if that's what you mean. No. Like, every, how every single vehicle is built, all the parts, you just don't see it because it's too fast. You can't appreciate, like they showed in the extras, that that one airplane was actually a bar that's been broken, a Lego saloon that's been broken down and been put back together. Yeah, you definitely can't appreciate that. Yeah, you can't appreciate any of that stuff that moves really fast, even the destruction of the cloud place. You don't get to really focus on all the different stuff. You're just... Focused on the action, and then it goes, it cuts, 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 and you're out of there. So, I would like to watch it again for that. Because, to me, the story is really good. I enjoy it. But visually is what I'm re- I want to just get lost in it. And sometimes I was a little bit like, wait, wait, uh, oh, I didn't see what that was, you know. And I actually think the story is really good. I mean, I, I was thinking it was just going to be, yeah, you know, whatever. But... The story is more to it than it seems. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I like the idea from the outset where the, there's this Lego... It's like Big Brother, like Orwellian. Like, there's this um, there's this place and everybody follows the rules and nobody ever thinks outside of that and everything is awesome song is the song everybody yeah, listens yeah. to and everybody drinks this coffee and it's like our world, right? Um, and then there are these... Then there are and that to be different is bad. You're right. going to be punished for being different. And then, but then there are people, you know, such as uh, Wild Style, who breaks out of that and you know changes things. So it's it's like a it's a very, you know, real worldy type tale, but told with it within Lego, and all the characters are really fun. And there's like lots of pokes at 
just pop culture and things that we know. Just the fact that Liam Neeson is talking out of that Lego, and it's quite obvious it's Liam Neeson, and he plays these two personalities. And when he's just sat back at that console singing Danny Boy, into the, I was like, oh my god, this is insane. Like, it's making fun of everything, including the people who are voicing the Legos. Um, so I really think it works 100% all. I'm an adult who doesn't really have that much of a tie to Lego, and like you say, I want to play with some Lego now. <laughs> yeah, and definitely. Luckily, we have a few. Uh, uh, what, few? I got one little thing. What comes included in the package uh, here is uh, like a couple of Lego um, minifigures. Oh, you got both of those with it. Or you did get, you get two different things? You get I got two, but you get Virtue... What's it called? Hmm. Um, Morgan Freeman. You get him, and you also get uh, Emmett. So uh, I've got some minifigures, but no blocks to actually put together. But I, I feel like putting some blocks together. That's it how makes it makes you me wanna, But I don't want a kit. Now, the movie also addresses this. The idea that there are people who like the rules and to follow this rules and, and I the want instructions. A kit. <laughs> I want a, and there are people who just want to build whatever the fuck they want to build. Which makes sense, right? So I want, if you buy I want kit, the Millennium Falcon Then I can't kit. build what I want. Right, I want I want. The Millennium Falcon kit, and I want to build the Millennium Falcon and put it on my desk, and there's the Millennium Falcon. You want, like, random breaks. <laughs> I want you to buy me that kit, and I'll build whatever I want. Yeah, out of that kit. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I don't like the rules. I don't want to be told what to do all the time. I don't want... Why would I want a Millennium Falcon, even though I love Star Wars, when I can just build whatever I want? But that's where this movie is clever and touches yeah. really on, like, there are different kinds of people who you give them Lego and that's what oh, they'll yeah. do with it. Oh, and I said my things end up being kind of boring for some reason. Because I never, I mean, if I had 10,000 Lego and we just dumped them in the floor, I would, it would be like me playing The Sims. I would go, it would be a 24-hour marathon. I'd be like, oh, look, what I, look how big I'm, look, I'm going to build this and I'm going to make this and I'm going to make that. But when I have a limited amount of time, I sit like, okay, hmm, we got a train track. Let me build, what I built around the train track was <laughs> the old, I guess I did have a little bit of creativity. But all, I had my corner of the table was kind of off to the side and the, the train track was just a little bit off. So I'm like, hmm, hmm, I bet there's an old broken down bus station somewhere around the train tracks. <laughs> so I built the old broken down bus station that's abandoned and has like broken walls well, cool. and the windows. <laughs> but it still is a square building that was like a, kind of one of those, fa- like you'd think an old fashioned bus depot or something, you know, so. I really liked how Batman in the um, movie only builds using black or very dark gray bricks. Yeah, varied. Because <laughs> when you're building, if you don't have enough, True. and you think, I want this whole thing to be I purple, I or don't whatever. want my yellow. Do they even have purple? It seems like they just have um, primary, primary colors. colors. Red, yellow, and blue. Black, gray, green. I get the feeling now there's everything you possibly you would, would Yeah, because every kit's going to be different, isn't it? Yeah. Because if, you know, if... Do it, they have the little red Corvette kit by Prince? I don't think so. I don't, think they, I don't think they've licensed Prince. Um, he would have been in this movie. What <laughs> would be something that they would just not have a kit for? Oh, my God. They awesome. wouldn't have the Boogie Nights kit. <laughs> <laughs> or the Irreversible. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Okay. Somebody's probably... So, flashed in my mind <laughs> a particular horrible scene. I'm thinking of the... Yeah. With the little Somebody's probably flying. played that out in Lego, haven't they? No, I would hope not. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. Alright, so let's move on to the cast here. Um, obviously it's an animated movie, so there's a lot of famous voices in there. 
But the guy who plays Emmett, the star of the show, isn't particularly a famous face that we recognize, uh, Chris Pratt. But I think he did a really good job. I think it was like. But you, know, you have to admit, he sounded a lot like that sort of smarmy 30 something comedian voice, like a Dane Cook or somebody yeah, like that. Yeah, he did. Very. But I think I mean, he fit. It's his natural voice. But he sounded, I kept thinking, I oh, know it's not Dane Cook, but he sounded like one of those sort of smart assy. But he did a good job. He I definitely just, fits. The this voice Emmett. was like hard to pin. Uh, Will Arnett plays Batman. You know Will Arnett from um, Didn't Bl- recognize Blades voice, of Glory, no, etc. Because he does it like this. <laughs> but it's good. You Taking know, the it, piss it's out like, of it, yeah. It's like the Batman. Like I've played the Lego Batman games, and Will Arnett doesn't do the voice for that, but it's very similar to that, the voice they use in the Lego Batman games. Um, Elizabeth Banks plays Wildstyle. We know her from The Hunger Games and Zach and Miri make a porno. Um, Isn't she also... Um, the Hunger Games? Um, she's not the voice... Oh, no, she's not. I'm thinking the vo- Who's the voice of... Frozen Girl? Yeah, that's not... That's, that's, a, that's a that. Veronica Mars. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, not Veronica Mars, but... <laughs> Yeah. Right, I got them confused. Um, You're right. Anthony Daniels plays C-3PO in this movie. It's very brief, but they actually Anthony Daniels plays it. Um, Billy D. Williams plays Lando Calrissian. Will Ferrell plays businessman, the man upstairs. He plays a president business. He plays a few different uh, roles in this. Um, really funny. It's obvious. It's I just w- did the one. Well, it's just he, president um, business. Yeah, but yeah, but he's oh yeah yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> But he, um, but he is. It's quite clear it's Will Ferrell, and I like it because I really like him. But and you can tell there's some improv from him as well when he's occasionally. Yeah, but it's funny. You know, if you like Will Ferrell, you're gonna like the performance. Uh, Will Forte plays Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln's in it so small. Why are you naming all these people who don't matter? Because they're really awesome. These people. Who's Uh, Will Forte? A comedian guy. You know him. Um, Morgan Freeman plays. Who's Will Forte? I don't know. Um, I'm trying to... It's, but it's so tiny. Why does it even matter? Morgan Freeman plays Virtuvius. Virtuvius. Vitruvius. Yeah. And it's really... Why do you mention that guy? He says like three lines. Morgan Freeman. No, yeah, that's guy. Okay. So Morgan Freeman <laughs> is, uh, you know, deserves mentioning. He's a, he's a really awesome character. In fact, he's so awesome, you actually get him in this pack. He, they give you the minifigure. There's not Morgan Freeman. It's Vitruvius. Vitruvius. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. There's, there's a prophecy. <laughs> and uh, Morgan Freeman's in charge of that. Jonah Hill plays the Green Lantern. What's interesting is Jonah Hill plays the Green Lantern. And um, the other guy, Channing Tatum, plays Superman. And they're actually in 21 Jump Street together. 22 Jump Street. And the director of 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump Street, is the director of this movie. So, uh. Why is that funny? That sounds like. Just that's where they tie together. Obvious. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey guys, can you come do one line of fucking dialogue for me? It doesn't even matter that he's in it. You don't know who he is. I don't like him. Jonah Hill, you can totally tell. Like, I as tell. soon as he. Well, I guess I've listened to him quite a bit this week. So as soon as he opened his mouth, I was like, there's Jonah Hill. I didn't even know he was in this. Um. It's inconsequential. It's quite funny. I, I liked the scene between, uh, Superman. What I'm saying is it could have been anyone. Cause it's like two lines. Maybe a few more. There's the bit with the chewing gum and there's the bit I with... I super the... hate you. That I can identify with. <laughs> I super hate you. I, I thought you <laughs> turned your corner on him after watching The Wolf of Wall Street. No, no, 
no, no, no. Just that I'm. I look forward to another dramatic performance. That doesn't make me like him anymore. Um. So, so this is directed by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. They directed um, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and Twenty One Jump Street. Two movies I haven't seen. Have you seen either of those mm-hmm. movies? Um. Obviously, one's an animated movie, one's a comedy. So this kind of fits perfectly for this movie. Um. And I think they did a really good job of it. I could tell somebody loved Lego. And that was all it needed, really. I mean, like it's it's like a, somebody loves Lego there, right? And as we can see from the extras, it's not both of them. One of them loves it, and the other one's not really that familiar with it. I didn't feel like either one of them really cared that much more than not as much as they were like. One of them had a relationship with Lego though, because when they were at Legoland, he said he was like, "You had that one, like, like yeah, he, but not like in love with it though. More like." Look at this big responsibility we have to portray this humongous sponsor who's probably giving us lots and lots of money to portray it accurately. I think I, the people who drew everything, I don't even think they all loved it necessarily, but the people who helped them design the world probably did. I think if you're going to make a Lego movie, I think this idea overall was almost the best way to make a Lego movie because of it kind of making fun of itself and making fun of everything else, like, mm-hmm. and using it, using the properties well. Instead of going like, let's make the Lego movie and it's Star Wars and then doing a whole Star Wars movie with Lego. That's the wrong way of doing it for me. This is the best way because it's a, it's its own little universe. It's a new hero, Emmett, you know. No, so now there's going to be the Lego game? Th- there is already the Lego movie game. Um it follows the movie exactly, and I, that's why I haven't played it yet. I'll play it now. I know the story of the movie. But um, the Legos coming into thing. There was a Simpsons episode just recently that was a Lego uh, animation like this. Legos, the big thing now. Uh-huh. I was going to say Legos the big They're thing now, big, but Legos though. always been the big yeah. thing. Isn't it? If you if kids are around, not just kids. Yeah, <laughs> obviously, my brother's not didn't have him as a child. I like the thing in the movie, like that. You know, it's kind of like you've got Legos, you push them all together, you make something, and then there's like this sacrilege thing where people would use crazy glue to keep them together. Because it's like, no, these are things that can create anything, and then as soon as you do that, you've just, you're done, you're you've done, just yeah. stuck it. It's just a, but that's what you would do if you made the Millennium Falcon. I wouldn't Falcon. ever glue it. Oh, then what would you do with it once you've built your Millennium Falcon kit? I would, would you destroy it someday and make it easy? Someday else? I might do, someday I might take it all apart and just put it together again for the fun of it, because that is a fun <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You put it back together exactly the same again. Right, so but I would no never problem. glue it so it was permanently it. Because but it doesn't matter because you would leave it permanently anyway. But still, in the movie I like the idea of that glue is this like Mm-hmm. You know, crazy glue is this, uh, and I can I could see people gluing these things. I together. wasn't going to mention that because it's a bit of a spoiler, but whatever. So wait um, now. So uh, you have less and less respect for spoilers as the years go on. This is um, we looked at the Everything Is Awesome edition, and without spoiling it, you'll understand what that is probably for weeks on end after you've seen this movie. Um, and what comes in here. It's like a, it's a cool box set. It's like in a transparent box. You can't see this on the, uh, <laughs> internet radio. They know what transparent means. But it's a transparent box with the Blu-ray in it. And you get the 3D version of the movie and the 2D version and the DVD and a digital copy. And then you get a 3D Emmet photo. 
And what that basically is, is a... Just his face and... Yeah, and it's got a little stand on the back so you can put it on your desk. But but it's a... It's a 3D version of his head that sticks out at you. It's just his face, really. It's like a relief. Yeah. And it's it's like a family photo. You could stick it on your desk. It's got like a little stand on it. You also get an actual minifigure that isn't available anywhere else. So if you are one of those Lego people, you can't get Mr. Virtue Freeman. Mr. Morgan Freeman. Mm-hmm. You can't actually get him in any other set. You have to get this Blu-ray. So if you are a I Collect Everything Lego... I bet in about two months you'll be able to buy him. Well, if you are else. I Collect Everything Lego, this little man in sort of sticking out of the butt is uh, the key for you to buy this, I guess. Um, so where did Emmett come from? Emmett was just a promotional item. You don't actually get him with this. Um, you also get some extras on this disc. Um, you get... There's a bunch of them, actually. There's uh, Bringing Lego to Life, which is like a doc... Not a documentary, a featurette about the making of the movie, but they tell it from, like, Emmett's point of view. Like, he's... Got a little bit annoying. Yeah, it's... Like, seriously, halfway through, I'm like, okay, we get it. It's for kids, right? You're trying to... It wasn't even for kids. It was obvious it wasn't, like, childish, but they just kept referring to Emmett as being the one... Like a real person. Yeah. And I... You know why I find that... Annoying, because do you remember Howard the Duck promotion? It was as if Howard the Duck was real. I don't Steven remember. Spielberg talked about him as if he was real. The leading lady, never in, even seen in interviews it. and everything, he was real. No, I mean outside of the movie, right? I never saw. They any talked of that about him like he was a real person, right? Ugh, so hmm. annoying. Um. So yeah, they do that here in the in the making of it. it lasts about thirty minutes. There's also a uh, director commentary. There's outtakes. Uh, which is exactly what you would think it Funny, is. Funny, though, because when they take the time to animate some outtakes. I, yeah, because outtakes don't just happen. On no. Like <laughs> um, there's the Everything is Awesome sing-along, and there is uh, Meet the Lego Builders, which is kind of cool. There's also um, like a a guy who shows you how to build certain things from the movie in bricks. Mm-hmm. And there is a, a look around in the making of. They go to Legoland in Switzerland, and they... They don't show you around it as much as I would have liked them to. Uh, wasn't it Sweden? Was it Sweden or Switzerland? I think it's Sweden. Right, but they don't show you around it as much as um, you. I would like them to. But they went there to get some inspiration for the movie. and um, So yeah, there's a lot of extras. I'll listen to the commentary this week. Cause it's got some it's nice stuff. way to interpret it, but it's actually like, okay, Lego says we are a big corporation. You will make a movie that is acceptable. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's the Lego movie. But it does have some pokes at we Lego as well. We can't pretend that this Lego movie. had no hand in the fact that it is a hour and a half commercial for the love of Lego. I mean, that's just... I'm not being cynical. It's obvious. Like, they didn't call it Emmett's movie and have it be in Lego world. It's the Lego movie. <laughs> I know, but they there are pokes of Lego in this movie, which I thought found interesting for a movie made by well, not made by Lego, but made like what about like the businessman and the the taking creativity away? Like, and, oh, I didn't think of that as being against Lego at all. I thought that was against society. Yeah, I see it as I didn't take, really I didn't take a poke that. at Lego. I didn't take it that like way. like only making sets now and not actually making those like very brick things. So people are having to take apart sets to actually make things that they want to make. 
That's that's a criticism fans of Lego have against the Lego company. Right, but you read that after the fact, and so then that kind of put that in your mind. I don't think, to me, that wasn't there at all. It was about society trying to not let you be different. See, I, I think that there's a commentary to the Lego people that in there. Because the the problem is, like, there used to be, like you said, buckets of Lego that you buy, random Lego pieces in a big bucket. You take the bucket home, empty it on the floor, and make whatever you want to make. Nowadays, those buckets are very hard to buy. Sets are the thing. You know, you buy a set. Right, but I think that's because and what of a lot society, of people do, not because of Lego. Right, and what a lot of people do is buy the sets, smash all the sets up, and make other things out of the sets. Like, oh, I'm not going to make Millennium Falcon. I'm going to make a couch. So they find all the bits, and they find which sets have got the bits, and then they buy those sets. And When? It would be simpler for Lego just to let them buy a random bucket of blocks, but it's probably more expensive. You can order them however many you want of any color. And it's really expensive. It's really expensive. In fact, you can go on... It's not a cheap hobby. I had a look on lego.com. You can go on there and you can design whatever you want in their little software thing and uh, brick colors, everything. So say we designed your desk, right? And then you say, yes, I want that. And then they charge you all the per bricks and they put it in a box and they even print the cover with like what it would look like when it's done. So, and then I could give it you and say, look, there's your desk. And, and then you get to put it together, right? Right. So they do that, but that ain't cheap. Uh, you're talking like hundreds of dollars just for the simplest thing. But it's, it's like all... personalized M&Ms. You think, it oh, is like that, that's yeah. such a cute idea for my son for his fifth birthday. It's like birthday. so unique. That's yeah. like $50 for a little tiny bag that say, in tiny little writing, love you, Brad. Or, yeah. Or Brad. <laughs> like little, four little letters. And then what they do is just eat them all. <laughs> yeah. Like, or they won't eat them because it's like, your mom says, you don't you eat those. They cost $50. So, you know, I'm a 44-year-old man with no kids, and I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. <laughs> to be honest, though, I enjoy the Lego games, the video games. They're actually aimed for kids, but they're really fun to play, collecting all the studs and collecting all the minifigures. There's something fun about all of them. I've even played the Harry Potter ones, and I, I've no, I've never even seen the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> but the games are just, you know, I've played The Hobbit, I've played Batman, I've played Marvel, all those Lego um, games. Indiana Jones. Yep, all fun. Star Wars. They're Batman. all. They just touch on something because they make fun of the movies that you're, you know, it's it's the Star Wars movie, but the cutscenes are like yeah, little comic. ridiculous. Yeah. So you know, I've. That's my thing with Lego now. And uh, this movie touches all on that as well. So um, I recommend it. And do you? Well, there's nothing you can fault about it, I don't think. Because it's just a fun, nice... Inter- I laughed a lot. Because there's a lot of just funny things. and But visually, I need to see it again at least twice. And if you've got kids, see everything. you probably already... Pre-ordered this. <laughs> and, the, and it's probably going to be in the Blu-ray player for some time to come. Because I can see this being, Dad, we want to hear that song again. That kind of thing. Mm. Like Frozen. I'm sure Frozen stays in the Blu-ray player. I don't think this will be like Frozen. <laughs> I'm sure. That's a bit ambitious. Um, yeah, Frozen might be a bad uh, example. Because Frozen probably is glued into people's Blu-ray machines. Uh, I don't get that, but whatever. I mean, it's fine. It's lo- It's nice, but it's no better than this. In my opinion, no better. I have no idea why it is so massive. No, I do. Why? Because of the catchy songs. Because it's like a musical and people love that. And the whole world? Because there are a lot of little girls, little girls 
who would be inspired by it and just just want to see. That doesn't it. make it worldwide phenomenon though. And you're not talking about just little girls. We're talking about adults obsessed with it and just even elevated at all for people to be like, "Oh, Frozen, yeah." I just don't I quite it's get one it. of my favorite Disney movies of the last 10 years. I, Explain I, I've to seen me why why you why do you think that? I don't know, there's something intangible about it. I when I'd watched it, I Felt like I needed to watch it again. Like it. See, I didn't like it as much as that I liked Tangled. Me back to it. I would watch Tangled again. That also was very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was by the same team. Like so, but I feel like it was a better story, a little more interesting, a little bit more satisfying. But, but anyway, we're, we're off topic. The Lego movie. <laughs> What's well, a movie? We yeah. can talk about other movies. I uh, really like the Lego movie. I would watch a Lego movie again instead of Frozen. I've seen Frozen twice. And I'd watch Lego two more times before I'd watch Frozen again. Uh, no, no. Personally, I would watch either. I, I think they're really... I think Pixar, who are the, the started all this and are the masters of it, are getting a run from the money from all over the place now. But even this, it's... The animation, it's a distinct style, but it is really amazing. Like, you, you can't believe... You know, it... The video game one. Yeah, Lego has Lego has actually come to life on your screen. Every yep. it, it's just watching Lego play itself out. It's crazy. It's yeah, um, Ra- Wreck Ralph, yeah. which is not Pixar either. You know, right. everybody's giving them a run for the money. So, um, yeah, highly recommended the Lego Movie, even if you're over forty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there'll be something in there. If you're over forty, you've probably touched a Lego brick at some time and actually wanted to keep doing it. I, can't, I don't know anybody who's not done Lego at some point. Oh, somebody probably has. I don't know if my mother has. I bet she has. I bet she sat down with a grandkid or something on a um, table at your brother's with some Lego and made some Lego. I don't know. I get the feeling she probably has encountered it at some point. <laughs> she might have seen it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's uh, the Lego movie. Uh, next week's review will be Winter's Tale, and we will look at that next week. That's um, the gladiator guy, <laughs> Russell Crowe. Uh, and we'll look at that He's next He's done a few week. things since then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has. State of Play. The guy from State of Play, Russell Crowe, uh, he will be in... Blood Diamond. So, yeah, we're going to look at uh, Winter's Tale. Was he in Blood Diamond? No, it wasn't Blood Diamond. It was the other one. I forget. So, um, movie recommendations for this week. Thanks to Warner Brothers for the Lego movie. I am going with the Matrix trilogy for obvious, obvious reasons. There is definitely... Obvious to you. Definitely Matrix elements to this movie and secondly Terminator 2 because I noticed some Terminator 2 elements to this movie as well you might have not have but there are some so because you see it it's there yes right I feel like I got some of those pop culture references that were there Um, or maybe you made it up no I don't think so Mm, of course not and my recommendations is what you're asking me with that glaring look (laughs) I don't even remember where are they down at the bottom. I remember. Oh, yeah, because I was thinking of animations that, and, and how, just what you were saying, that now we have movies that are animated in a way that is, I mean, I love old-fashioned animation, drawing by hand and everything. I also like claymation, which is what this mad monster party from, like, the six late 60s, early 70s is a stop-frame animation 
like a combination of like making fun of Vincent Price movies and Peter Lorre and that kind of thing. And it's kind of wacky and weird, but it's all animated, hand animated, no computers involved. Right. So, and it's just wacky. And they made like, out of plasticine. I don't know what they're made out of, but they are. It's stop frame animation. Animation, and the other one is Cabin in the Woods, just because. Cultural references, as you're watching this movie, like you said, you get it. You, you're like, oh, I get that. I've seen Star Wars. I've seen Batman. Cabin in the Woods also starts throwing them at you in a way that you're just like, what? Like, if you've watched horror movies ever, Cabin in the Woods was a total pleasant surprise. Fun service for um, It was fantastic because I didn't have any expectations except for like, oh, my God, what is this? The beginning is what it is. And then you're like, oh. <gasps> Oh my god, I know what that means, I know what that means, I know what that means, I know what, I know what. So, that's why. I mean, it's totally opposite of the Lego movie, but Cabin in the Woods is a good so, Friday night kind of creep fest movie. Yes, it's very good. Um, I want to watch it again, I keep thinking surprise I'm Surprise kind of horror movie. So, uh, moving on to A Scully stuff, something happened this week, something that will bore the tears out of you, you might as well play The Sims now for a while. <laughs> And that is uh, not the World you Cup because that again? will probably bore, bore you. me out. again. Yeah, the World Cup probably bores you as well. No, no, I don't mind the World Cup because it's ninety minutes <laughs> at right. a time. So E three happened this week, and E3 all happens. the main um, press E3. conferences. Here's happened. the difference: World Cup games, ninety minutes. Three days later, there's another game, ninety minutes. E three is like four days, twenty four hours a day, seven days. days a week. The whole thing, though, the day before even, you're like looking up stuff and telling me stuff, and people are going there. They talk about flying there and getting their hotel room. It's very intricate, so that's the difference. So I might get a little worn down by it, yeah, because I don't care as much as you do. So E three happened this week. If you don't know what E three is, it's the Entertainment Expo. Happens in um, where does it happen? San Francisco? No, Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Every uh, June. And uh, it's where the video game companies go to show you what new video games are going to be coming up in the next year or so. And all of the major, you know, Microsoft, Nintendo, Sony, all have a press conference. So what happened was, first, Microsoft's press conference. And I just wanted to run through quickly so I don't bore Sid Talk. Um, I don't care what you say. The, what Microsoft... Each press conference and what was shown in each one. So, Microsoft were first, and I thought it was, overall, Microsoft's press conference was pretty good. They uh, only showed games for the whole 90 minutes. There was no, here's an app, here's the Kinect. They didn't even mention the Kinect, to be honest. They didn't mention any apps. They just showed wall-to-wall games for 90 minutes. They showed a lot of exclusive games. that uh, They started it off with the new Call of Duty which is Call of Duty Advanced Warfighter. And they showed like about five minutes of that. And it looks really cool. Um, I get the feeling Call of Duty's on its way down. You know I'm the biggest fan of Call of Duty. I feel like it might... Another couple of years and nobody will care about Call of Duty because they're... They've kind of done too many of them now. And this one, they've took it into the sci-fi realm completely. It's sci-fi stuff. You know, it's very close to being a Halo. It's not, it's not like um, realistic anymore. People are using laser rifles. It's very. Is that disappointing to you? Yeah, because there's so many sci-fi shooters. Call of Duty is. I like the military aspect to it, rather than the sci-fi aspect. Um, it looks cool, but you know, Titanfall, which we played earlier this year, which is mechs and rocket packs and all that stuff. 
I felt it fits for that one. But this new Call of Duty, they've got rocket packs, and you know it doesn't seem like Call of Duty anymore to me. But we'll see in November when it comes out, because obviously I'll still play it. What will replace that for you? I don't know. That thing hasn't come along yet, I guess. Um, but yeah, it, they started with Call of Duty. Then they showed Forza Horizon 2, which is an exclusive for the Xbox One and the Xbox 360. I really like the Forza Horizon game, the original one. Um, it's a cool racing game that, um, you know, you race around a... The Horizon one is not track-based racing. It's like an open world and you go and you find races and you find people and you find... It's like a big festival and it's an open world like Grand Theft Auto. Well, they're doing the second one of that. Looks really cool. It's exclusive, though. So PlayStation 4 owners like myself can't play it unless I go and buy an Xbox. Um, then they showed a game called Evolve, which is... It's very similar to Valve's Left 4 Dead. Um, there's four players, and you all play together, and three of them are people, and one of them is this creature. And there are various creatures you can play, and they're like based on like weird creatures, like the Cthulhu, um, and like one, you know, or the Bigfoot. So one of you in the game is the creature and the other three are trying to take the creature down. But then the creature has got like really super duper powers. So it's this cat and mouse game between four people. Um, it, it looks very much like Left 4 Dead. Uh, but it looked kind of cool at the same time. Then they showed Assassin's Creed Unity, which I'll mention later in the Ubisoft uh, press conference. But that's a new Assassin's Creed game that's coming out this year. And then finally in the Microsoft press conference, there was more games than this, but these are the ones I took note for. They finally announced uh, the new Tomb Raider game, which is called Rise of the Tomb Raider, and they showed the trailer. And if you played last year's Tomb Raider, where it was the young Lara Croft going through this horrible scenario and she was, like, affected by it, this one starts off, she's in the psychiatrist's office, and the psychiatrist is asking her, um, she's got her head down and she looks kind of moody she's got a, a hood up and he's asking her about a past and she's kind of working it out with him and then it shows you this massive tomb and it just comes says Rise of the Tomb Raider so it's not the origin story it's actually the story of her raiding tombs which is what we all want from a Tomb Raider yeah, game absolutely. where the last one she wasn't really raiding tombs it was like oh how did Lara become Lara this one is no, she's going in tombs, which... Well, that makes sense, though. Gotta tell her origin story. Yeah. But I'm excited for this one, because I wanted tombs in that last one, and there was only a couple. It was more about killing people, because she had to escape this horrible thing. Um, so, yeah, they announced Rise of the Tomb Raider. That's coming fall 2015. Most of these games are coming fall 2015. And then EA had their press conference, and I have to say, EA's press conference was the worst of all the press conferences. And why... Is because they came on the stage at the beginning and they said, we're going to do things a little bit differently this year. Instead of showing you games, we've got ideas for games in the future. So we're going to show you our ideas instead of the games. So then they started with the new Star Wars game. And there was no footage from the Star Wars game. There was some people sat in an office in front of computers and a voiceover said, here at EA, we're working on a Star Wars game. And the people said, hey... Yeah, we're working on the Star Wars game, and we really respect Star Wars. Yeah, well, this is genius. And then they said, <laughs> and we've been rendering uh, Star Wars things, and we're going to have a Star Wars game. And that was pretty much the whole gist of it. I was like, okay, EA are going to do a Star Wars game. But they've got nothing to show, so that's that. Wow. 
Then second up, they said, hey, guess what, everybody? We're making a new Mirror's Edge game. You knew that because we told you last year. So now we're going to show you some of it. And then they went into this office. It showed you this office with people sat at computers and they had renders of this Mirror's Edge game. And they said, well, these are early concept work of Mirror's Edge game, but we're making a Mirror's Edge game. And then that went off. And I was like, what's going on here? That's weird. And then the third thing was, hit. we're making a new Sims game, everybody. It's The Sims 4. It's going to be out in September. Here's a trailer for it. And they showed a trailer, which included no gameplay. It was one of those CG trailers of Sims walking about. And then that ended. And I was like, okay, we've seen some of The Sims 4 already, but you could have at least done a demo of it, because we're not seeing anything yet. So then they said, Bioware, who made Mass Effect... They made Mass Effect and it was a huge hit. And when we sent them off into their bunker and we said, let's make another Mass Effect, um, you know, a brand new Mass Effect for the next generation. So we went, then it goes to this film and it's Bioware and they sat in this big development room and there's loads of drawings on the wall and they say, we're working on a new Mass Effect game. Here are some concept arts for it. <clears throat> we're going to be working on it very soon. It's going to be really cool. And then it showed you the Mass Effect logo. What is the strategy? The strategy is we haven't got anything to show you, but we're going to tell you some ideas that we've got. <laughs> and that's this is kept occurring. Then they said, and do you remember Burnout? You all loved Burnout, didn't you? And I was like, yes. oh, my, oh my God, new Burnout? Is this happening? They said, let's go to Criterion's offices and have a look at what Criterion are up to. So it goes to another nondescript looking EA offices. And Criterion are all sat there with the computers with with concept drawings on it. And I was like, okay, surely these guys are going to show something. And then they said, we're working on something. We're not actually quite sure what it is. But we've got this concept. And we know everybody likes crashing cars. So how about if you can just crash anything from a jet to a helicopter to a um, spaceship? And how about it? It's all in the same game, and you can crash everything into everything, and you can all have real fun with it. And then I was like, that sounds kind of cool. Show it to me. Show it to me. And then they show you some concept drawings, and this real, the roughest looking real, you know, like some video off their, off their machine that they're working on. And it's not textured. It's just like wireframe models jumping over things and crashing into each other. And I was like, okay. Do you think, okay, I just had a thought. In the past, including you, show it to gamer people, watch the video, watch the pre-viz, everything that they've done, and then when it comes out, they're like, well, this looks like shit compared to what you throw shows at E3. If I show you a wireframe oh. and people working on it and tell you about it with enthusiasm and how great it's going to be, then you can't bitch and moan later and tell me that it doesn't live up to your expectations. Well, this was the concept for that for the whole... And that does seem like a... Yeah, because you, I'm not being rude or anything. I mean, I am, but it's really annoying, that thing of like, well, two years ago they showed us this kick-ass video, and the game sucks compared to that. Oh my god, get over it. Like, it doesn't make any sense to have that kind of expectation of something for years and years, and then be all bitchy about it. So, to just give you little tiny nuggets... Or nothing. ...makes... No, give you the little the idea. For, Mir oh, awesome. for Mirror's Edge, it was literally, you know, Faith from Mirror's Edge, the mm -hmm. main heroine character. It was a painting of her, what they showed you. Like somebody, you know, a computer painting. Yeah, but that gets in your mind. Mm, Mirror's Edge. And it's not going to show you a hint of what it's really going to be like. So when you see it, finally, you're going to be like, awesome. So that's everything from the EA conference. Uh, aside from, they showed some sports games in the middle of it, but I kind of dozed off a little bit. <laughs> 
But actually, what was funny is they showed real footage from those. Madden, they showed you men running around, and it didn't look shitty. So, they've got the sports games together. Yeah. They've lost the Tiger Woods license now. Well, they haven't actually lost it. They give it him back because they don't want anything to do with him. So now now the golf game is called PGA Tour Golf. And then they, they came on and said, hey, we're making PGA Tour Golf. Here it is. And they showed it. And they went, and you know what? We've decided to bring Battlefield into PGA Tour Golf. And here it is. And he showed you the golfer swing the ball. And just as he swings the ball down a lovely rendered next generation par four, a battleship comes storming through the par four and loads of men start shooting at the golfer. A battleship? Yeah, like a battleship. Because it's like, um, it's like, say it's like a golf course and there's, there's the sea. Ah, oh, yeah. And there's a go- a battleship comes, smashes through the course and he has to knock the ball over it. And I was like, what's happening here? And then soldiers get off the battleship and start like shooting at the golfer. And I was like, what's happening here? Tiger Woods, out, Tiger Woods is out. Now it's like a shooter. What, what's happening? I don't. You'll, quite... be, you'll be fine. It'll, you'll, it'll all make sense, I'm sure, when you play it eventually. I don't understand that at all. It seemed weird. Yeah, but you're just taking it on surface. You gotta wait till you play it. Then you'll get it. I don't know. I think EA have lost the minds. That was, that was my whole point I don't have with your that mind. whole. With, the whole point was, it seemed like EA have lost the minds. It was a boring conference because you saw nothing. The only thing you got out of it at the end was somebody was working on Star Wars, Criterion are making a new game, and uh, Mass Effect, somebody's making it somewhere. And that's it. <laughs> so then Ubisoft came onto the stage a little bit later, and that was hosted by Aisha Tyler again. I actually think she did a really good job this year. She swore a lot, but it seems appropriate for them because they're kind of mad, Ubisoft. They've got this kind of insane kind of vibe about the company. Um, so she kind of fits. And in previous years, people complained about her, but I thought she did a good job. She was funny. She was, like, super... I would say snarky. You mean people like you complained about her in the past? No, not like me. I'm... You did complain about her. You said she was. you didn't like her at all, and you weren't looking forward to her talking at all this time. I didn't like the... No, it actually wasn't her. It was... They had some guy on with her one year, like, they were dual hosting, like, this guy and her. And the guy was completely, like... Not in her league. So whenever he spoke, it just flapped. You said she was inappropriate, she didn't fit, you didn't know why they had her, all that stuff. No, I prefer... So no, she I, turned her I, around on. I think she's alright, but um, usually they use executives and I think that's fine. I don't think you need a personality, really, but she seems to fit for Ubisoft. So what Ubisoft opened up with was Far Cry 4, which is obviously the new Far Cry game, and it's on Next Generation... Uh, hardware only it looked like and it's really beautiful it's all set in the Himalayas this time um, so that opens up loads of opportunity for these bizarre like if you know what the Far Cry game it's a shooter game but it's open world like Grand Theft Auto but you're in the Himalayas so <clears throat> there's wingsuits and hang gliders and aircraft and planes they've added a lot to it this time looks really cool the bad guy in it is insane like, absolutely insane. Like, a bad guy that you definitely want to take down in this game. Because he steps off this helicopter and says some of the most obnoxious stuff you've ever heard. And then goes on to kill one of his own men right in front of you. And I just, I was like, yeah, I want to play that game because I need to kill that guy. He's terrible. Like, he, he's just one of those hateful bad... Like, you hate him immediately. I guess like Hans Gruber in Die Hard. That kind of thing. So, um, that's... 
Far Cry 4. They also showed The Division, which was my favourite game from last year's E3. Uh, they showed it again. It was very similar. It was like, it was a real-time demo, so you actually get to see what the game looks like. But then they put this phony voiceover over the top, because they're playing multiplayer. So it's like the best multiplayer game you've ever played, with the most polite, perfect people playing it. So it's not like when I play Call of Duty yeah. and everybody's yelling the N-word at each other. <laughs> it's like... Or the F-word. Yeah, it's just it's just horrible. It's like, oh, it's this perfect scenario of a multiplayer game happening, which will never happen in real life. So it's cool to watch that demo, and the, the game looks amazing. It's Tom Clancy's The Division. It's um, There's been a virus. The whole of the world has been affected by this virus. It's like The Last of Us kind of thing. And then there's few people left, and it's like, you've got to stay alive. It looks really cool. Um, it's very different from what Tom Clancy normally does. Uh, that's coming soon, they say, but I don't think it's coming at all until next year. It seems far off. And then they showed The Crew, which is something I've got a massive interest in. It's a racing game. I talked about it last year's E3, but they showed it again. And it's actually coming out now in November. And it's the racing game, which is like the Cannonball Run. You can race the entire uh, across the United States, you know, not in real time because that would take forever, obviously. But they're saying four hours to get from one coast to the other, which is amazing. There's no loading times. You just drive one place to another. That sounds amazing to me as a racing game. That's coming out this fall. Uh, and then finally, they showed Rainbow Six. This was their surprise when they say they close the press conference and then they go, oh, and just one more thing. And Rainbow Six hasn't had a game for about eight years. And it's another Tom Clancy property. And then they showed this new Rainbow Six. And it was really jaw-droppingly amazing looking. It looked like it wasn't even running on this generation of consoles. Like it was something from the future. So, either when we get it, it won't look anything like that. That was my point. If it doesn't, then it would be like, oh, but that's not what we saw. I think that might happen with this title. I think think this title was running on something else. And when we get it, it won't look like that. So don't, you have to dial down your expectations on that, but it does look like a good game. And then, uh, Sony, this was in the evening, came on. And Sony was the one I was most looking forward to because, um, some might say I'm really a Sony fanboy. I, I'm not a Sony fanboy. That's what people will say, but I like all video games, really. Um, true. Just so happens I bought a PS4 this generation. So a lot of the games I'm looking forward to are on the PS4. So Sony came on, and I do have a Vita as well. So Sony came on, and they announced first off Little Big Planet three for the PS4. Um, you know the Little Big Planet um, series. It's a yeah. creation slash platform game. You play a platform game, and then you can create your own levels, and then you can share them with the community and play other people's levels. Well, what they've done this time is instead of just having Sackboy, which is the guy you play as, there's three other characters, so four people can play at once. Sackboy's like the little burlap person. Dude. Now there's Sackboy, Sackgirl, and there's a dog. And the dog opens up new gameplay um, possibilities because the dog's four-legged and he's really fast. So it makes levels play differently. Uh, and then the, thir- the fourth one was like an owl or something, like a bird. So there's going to be different gameplay because of the different characters. So that's um, not coming this year as far as I could tell. They were very vague with release dates on all of this stuff. Uh, secondly, they showed The Order, which is looks really interesting. It's like a horror 
survival game, but it's based in like 1866. And you're this order that it's almost like Extraordinary League of Gentlemen. Ooh, I love Extraordinary League of Gentlemen. And it, but it looks gruesome. Like it's, it, there are werewolves and vampires and that kind of thing, you know? Um, so that's coming, this, that's actually coming this year. Uh, then they showed Destiny, which is interesting because it's Bungie's new game and they make Halo and they've left Microsoft and they're making their own game. Um, that's not Halo and it's called Destiny. And I got into the alpha, so I was playing it yesterday. And I, all I want to say really is, is Halo. It feels like Halo, it just doesn't have the Halo name. So it's not Halo. No, but if you're familiar with Halo and how it plays, this plays identically. The enemies even do the same things. It's obvious it's made by the people. But isn't that what people want? Yes, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Because it feels really, really polished. Well, if you hated Halo. If you hated Halo, you will absolutely hate this game. You will hate it. Possibly. No, you will hate it because it plays just like Halo. Well, if you just hated the story. If you just hated the story, you might also hate this game because the story's pretty similar. <laughs> right. Um, but anyway, it's it's Destiny. It's larger than a shooter because it's more like an adventure game with a shooter also. So that you, you're in this big world and you're exploring and you're doing like quests. So it's a bit like an MMO as well. You can play the alpha right now um, if you sign up on Bungie.com. They might pick you to play and then you can download it and play it. But it's, it looks gorgeous. It's, it's the most expensive video game ever made. They spent $500 million making this game. And you can tell, because the artwork in it is unlike any... The attention to detail, when you bring up a menu just to change something, the menu looks like it was designed by the guy who makes the most expensive... You know, the menus look like they had money spent on them. In any other game, you bring up a menu, it says like... Why does it matter? It doesn't matter, really, but overall, everything feels polished and slick. Everything. Like, it just adds, it just, it feels better. Like, it, I can't really put my finger on it, but every single thing in the game is So if they had told you they didn't, they didn't tell you how much money they spent on it, why does it I think you could matter? tell that they did, because everything, the artwork is like, they go beyond, like, like, Halo, Master Chief has a helmet in this game. There's like a thousand helmets. I see different people. Everybody's got a different helmet. And I'm not talking like a different colored helmet. I'm talking like it looks entirely different to my helmets. And you're picking things up and finding them when you kill people. So it feels like an MMO, like um, Warcraft or something like that. Like everybody's different. You meet all these people in your game. And then on the other side of it, you can just play it like Halo. You can just go in and play multiplayer deathmatch with people. You don't even have to touch this adventure. Um... And the other thing is, and this is what I don't like about it, and it's weird. Peter Dinklage does the voice of your, uh, it's called a ghost, you bring it up. It's like um, Cortana in Halo. She's like the thing that's with you in your suit and she talks to you. The ghost in this game is the thing that's in your suit and talks to you. There's very similarities to it. And it's voiced by Peter Dinklage, and it's the worst piece of voice acting I have ever heard. I mean... Why? Maybe it's just not done yet. I, I think it's not done yet, because it... Sounds like he's reading off a paper and there's no, like, and it, as you know, Peter Dinklage is a great actor, right? He could definitely do a really good performance. It feels like he's just reading off the paper. So I hope it's just placeholder and not his actual performance because as it stands right now, it sounds bad. So, um, that's Destiny. That's actually coming out this year as well. 
They also showed Far Cry 4, which I just mentioned earlier, but just a little note here. In the Sony conference, if you buy the PS4 version of Far Cry 4 and you've got friends on your friends list, but they don't own Far Cry 4, you can invite them into your game and they can play with you. They don't even have to have bought the game. So they, they download um, what they need for free and then join your game and play. So that is really cool, because if you've got four friends and you want to play Far Cry 4 uh, co-op together... But they have to play when you play. They have to play when you play. But if you're playing the story together anyway, and you get together each night to play, only one of you has to buy the title, which is really, really awesome, because normally all four of you have to go and buy the game. So I'd like to see that in more games. I think it's awesome. And that's PlayStation 4 exclusive. You can't do that in any other version. So um, what else did they show? They showed... Blackborn, which is, if you know what Dark Souls is, you don't, I do. It's a very, very difficult game. Mm-hmm. It's by the same guy who made that game, and it's a very similar kind of vein, but it's not Dark Souls 3. So if you like those really difficult dungeon-crawling games, this is a new one that's coming. They also showed Dead Island 3, which is a zombie game. You're on an island, you got to survive the zombies. It looked like it had a big sense of humor to it this time because the trailer was actually very funny. It was a guy running down the street with his uh, earphones in and the zombie apocalypse is he's just jogging and he's, there's this crazy music playing like skater music and he's running and everything's happening behind him as he's running. Like people are getting killed, helicopters are falling out of the sky. It just looks like... So and he's dead. Yeah, and he's totally unaware. He's just... So it looks like it's got a big sense of humor. The other ones were quite... Serious, this one looks like it might be a fun zombie apocalypse. I think if, that if you like zombie stuff, it doesn't get like you don't. I've always liked it, so it, it doesn't matter that it became trendy and went away. Or vampires, it's Once, overused a little bit in video games, I must say. It's getting yeah, to the saturation games, point. Yeah. So, to me, yeah, I wouldn't play it in a video game anyway. I watch you play, you know, Walking Dead and stuff, but I just like the concept. Totally. Like, I've already got some new movies for Halloween this year lined up that are probably really low-class zombie movies, let's say, because I'm like, well, I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen there that one. There are a lot one. of low-class ones. Oh, yeah. Because it became the thing, and then everybody wanted to make one, including all the little tiny people who want to just make a quick book of it. Absolutely. So, um, next up, Sony announced the PlayStation TV. And if you don't know what that is... In Japan, it's already out, but it's actually called the PlayStation Vita TV, and they've renamed it to the PlayStation TV in the States, which actually worries me a little bit, because it seems like they're dropping the Vita branding for some reason. Ooh. Like, they might not be... They might think that the Vita's not popular enough, so if they sell something else with the Vita name on, nobody will buy it. But anyway, the PlayStation TV, what it is, is this tiny little box about the size of a credit card, and it plugs into your television... And what it does is if you've got a PlayStation 4 somewhere else in the house, it communicates with it over Ethernet. And it it's like an extender. So you can play your PlayStation 4 games on a TV in a different room. Now, not only does it do that, you can plug Vita games into it. So that means you can now play your Vita games on the large screen instead of on the Vita. And also it does Netflix and Hulu and all that right. sort of stuff. So it's like a streaming box, but it also streams your PlayStation 4 now, I am absolutely in the market for that device because my PlayStation 4 is here in the office and I play it at my desk. But there are occasions I'd like to play it in the living room. And in the past, what you have to do is go and buy another PlayStation 4. Now, you can buy this little box for $99 and do the same thing. So, I think that's an excellent product. I would... For you. 
I'm interested to see how well it works. If it's because you're a Sony fanboy. True. <laughs> uh, and then at the end of the Sony conference, they announced GTA V, which is a game that came out a year ago, but now it's coming on to next generation. It's coming on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. So if you haven't played it yet, you can now play it in... I was going to say you can now play it in high definition, but you already played it in high definition on the PS3 and the Xbox. It's not like they were low definition. It's just going to be better looking because of the new hardware. Um, and they also showed Arkham Knight, which is the new Batman Arkham game. That's not coming out. It's been delayed. It's not coming out to 2015. Looks like a new Batman game, but fantastic graphics because everything's you know, more detailed. And then the game of the show for me uh, was No Man's Sky. It's this little indie game. And what he's done, this guy, this one guy who's made this game, is it's um, the whole, like a whole universe. He doesn't even know how big it is because it's procedurally generated the whole thing. It just generates itself. So it's a whole universe and you're a dude with a little spaceship and you can explore the whole universe. There's no loading times. You can fly from a planet up into the up into the atmosphere, up into space, see a planet, fly towards it, land on it, without even it ever loading. Like, it's all seamless. They're going to be endless. He has to design every world. No. And this is where it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. He, sa- he said, do you know what he said? He explained it this way. In The Sims, the new Sims 4, there's sliders to change things, parameters, the, no- the length mm-hmm. of the nose. In his game, everything has a slider. Everything. Like, behind the scenes, there's a slider for As he develops it, right. There's a tree with a, a slider that can make a million different trees, right? Depending on where the sliders are. So. He's invented an algorithm. He's invented an algorithm that populates planets with different beasts. They're all generated on sliders randomly. And he has a program. It's building itself. He has a program that creates GIFs of every single planet, like little 30 second GIFs. And he sits there and goes, oh, a new planet's been created. Let me look at it. Oh, it looks a bit ridiculous. And then goes in and tweaks it. Like, that's got four-headed giraffes in it. And I don't really like the idea of that. He goes in and changes the sliders. So it's building itself while he's kind of overseeing it. But he says it's so big he can't oversee it. So what's going to happen is you're in this world, and the main focus of the game is exploration, finding planets. When you find a planet, you stick a flag in the planet, you can explore the planet, and when somebody else comes to the planet, it'll say, hey, Scully found this planet. It was founded by him on this date, you know? So it's kind of your planet. You you found it. But it, it's about exploration. You go, you find different plants, you found things. So it's online. It's online. Everybody's playing. Everybody who plays it starts in a different section of the universe. Nobody's game will be the same because everybody's in a different place. He says you might come across other people, you might not. You might go days without seeing anybody. It's so big. If you want to find your friends, you probably won't, he said. It's more of a lonely, I'm exploring this world. If you do come across somebody, cool. You know, you can speak and communicate. You can find your friend and go to where they are. He said you might be able to. But if your <laughs> friend's 20 million light years away, right, yeah, maybe yeah. you can't. Like So it sounds really interesting to me because I like the idea of just exploring. Uh, you always like that. Yeah. So, and it's an indie game. It's made by this one guy. Sony's took him on to make it and make it bigger than it actually originally the idea was. It looks fantastic. He showed some of the screenshots and some of the gameplay, actually. I can't wait for it. No Man's Sky, it's called. It's like an out of nowhere, like little gem where you'd be like, wow, I'm a, if I'm a, if you're a gamer, you might not have experienced anything like this. 
And then finally, Nintendo, who didn't even go to E3, actually. Well, they did. But they didn't do a press conference. What they did instead was they made a video presentation that lasted for an hour and just played it uh, for the internet. Um, and it happened in the morning. And I don't want to rag on Nintendo, and I know they're in dire straits, and they're not doing very well. But I think that the presentation that they give was kind of cool, because they showed a new Smash Brothers game. Um, and I know a lot of people who like Nintendo love Smash Brothers. It's like huge. It's that one. Of, it's like Pokemon for them. It's like a huge thing. And then they showed the new Zelda game, which it looks amazing. Like it's not out for another year, but it's an open world, like GTA, like go anywhere kind of world Zelda game, which they've never done before because it's usually all structured. But this is like. Go and explore, see what you can find. Maybe you'll find some quests. Maybe you'll go and do some cool stuff. It's just there for you to explore, and it's Zelda. There'll be some dungeons. There will be, but it's not all forced upon you. You can go and do stuff and meet with your friends, that kind of thing. It's it's not an MMO, but it's it's a different take on a Zelda game. And it looks incredible. The graphics look like a Pixar movie, and that's it just looks incredible. But it's not coming for another year. Is it in time for them? You know, they're, they're financially hurting. Will it come out in time to help them out? Because it will help them out because it's amazing looking. They also showed Bayonetta 2, which is a game from the 360 and the PS3 a couple of years ago. Probably five years ago. Bayonetta. It's like a hack and slash game, but you're this woman with really long hair and her hair can turn into animals. Did you ever see that? Yeah. Play that? Well, they're doing the second Bayonetta 2 exclusively on the Wii U. And when you buy it, you also get Bayonetta 1. That's pretty amazing because there's a lot of fans of that game and it's exclusive to Nintendo now, so maybe they will buy a Wii U just to play it. There's also a game called Splatoon, which is like a paintballing game. But How do you remember all this? I wrote it all down. You get a little notes, but still, you remember all the stuff about everything. I remember everything. it's all about, yeah. <laughs> so this game called Splatoon is like paintballing, but with like Nintendo characters. Splatoon sounds horrible because I grew up with a spittoon in my house. Right, Splatoon. But and it's, I've seen people but you're firing paint. in spittoons. It's, it's disgusting. It's like a shooter game, but it's with water and paint. So it's kind of really colourful and fun. Right. Um, and it's a Nintendo property, so it's probably going to have Nintendo characters in it. And then they showed, and this is probably the killer app for Nintendo. I can see this going amazing for them. And it's called Amiibo. I have no idea what that means, Amiibo, but it's action figures, little figures like Skylanders, but they're Nintendo characters, Mario, Luigi, Zelda, um, Link, Metroid, all of Mario, all of um, Nintendo's characters, and they're these little characters that you buy, they say they're going to be about $6, they're quite cool looking, they're about as big as a glass, and they're very detailed and highly painted. But underneath the figures, there's a chip inside the base. And you put it on the Wii U um, gamepad. And it recognises the character that you bought. And it brings it not only into, like, Skylanders. You buy the Skylanders game, and then you buy the Skylanders, and they go into the game. Well, these Amiibo work across all Nintendo games, so they're going to build them into games. So if you buy Luigi, and you've got Super Metroid, you've got the Metroid game for the Wii U, you can place him on, and Luigi can be in Metroid. Like so, in the future. In the future, like, that's how it's going to be built. So it's like there's these figures that will come out, 
and you buy all the figures. You know, you really like Mario, so you buy Mario. Well, Mario can now be in whatever the other game is that you're playing. Mario no, can be in no, it. No, they don't make him in there. Gonna, they say all those figures will be supported through all their first-party titles. So it, Wii Sports, for instance, if there is a new one, those characters will work somehow in the game. You'll place them on the thing and they'll work. Now... It sounds a bit... Why can't they just make a bunch of good games and leave all the other niche like, kitschy shit? The kitschy shit seems to be the thing that they... But it hasn't worked for them, has it? You just said they're going under, they're not doing well, I mean, it so works, it's not it's working. It worked for them in the past with Pokemon. and See, how I see that... Ah, but now you're a new generation. It's not the same anymore. Well, how I see this to be a big success is not only are these figures cool and they do this cool thing, me, as a person who doesn't even have a Wii U, those figures look appealing to me just as collectible figures like to sit on your desk. They're cheap. They look really good. They don't look cheap. They look like really high quality painted figures. Um, and if you just buy one and you don't even know, they're just, it's just a, it's a statue of Mario, right? Or a statue of Mario in his, there was one where it was Mario in his Mario cap. But they just look really good. They're really high quality. This, um, they're going to why appeal. Why can't they just put these characters in the games and not make you buy a thing to go with it? I can see why. I understand, but I mean that's such a waste of resources and effort and money when they could design they, the they've game. They've looked at Skylanders and Disney Infinity, which are another right, two. Right, and that's over. With. I mean, that's that's a just, done thing. Well, not a done thing. No, I mean it's been done. Been done, yeah. Yeah, and I think if Nin- I think Nintendo can do it better than those other people if they do it right. But who's the audience? <clears throat> The people who play Pokemon, which is a They're lot... They're all grown up. They're no, not... There's a lot mean? of people who play Pokemon. Pokemon is... the. But why would they convert over to Mario, then? Well, these figures aren't just Mario. I know Pokemon figures... Anything that Nintendo owns can be these figures, right? So they could bring a Pokemon series out. And then all those Pokemon that you buy and you, you've actually got the figures of can be in... It will work amazingly for something like that. Um, I can see it taking off crazy big... Uh, mm-hmm. It seems like a good idea. I don't know about the name Amiibo. I don't know what that means. It might be a Japanese word. Um, it doesn't strike me as something like, oh, Amiibo, like anybody will know what that is. So I think it needs a, a catchier name or something, but that's coming. And then finally they showed Hyrule Warriors, which is basically Dynasty Warriors, which was a game, like a hack and slash game that everybody, there's about 10 of them. They've took that into into Zelda's universe. So... It's Dynasty Warriors with all the Zelda characters. And that is it for E3. Huh. So, so overall... Shiza. <laughs> what I think overall... I thought it was a good E3. There were some downsides, like EA showing all that concepty stuff and not really showing you anything. No need for speed game this year. Just no none. Like, there's some things missing. Yeah, well, okay. Uh, there's question. something's missing. One thing that's missing is um, the Shadow of the Colossus sequel that um that was supposed to show up not not hide a hair of it like i think it might have gone i think i think it's done um there were several things that just didn't show up like what we were waiting for those were the negatives for me but mostly all these cool games that they showed most of them are coming out in 2015 fall there are some that are coming out this year like assassin's creed which looks really good what's it like to look forward to things so much cool because that's a lot of things to look forward to I know, I don't have that, though. Right. So I was wondering what it's like. Like, I can look forward to an individual event, 
usually something I've I, orchestrated. I would say, if I had to explain it, it's really fun to look forward. Like, if there's a really cool game that you really love, looking forward to it is quite fun. I actually mm-hmm. kind of like the looking forward to it as much as playing it. Yeah. Like, if I know a new GTA is coming out, the whole excitement of it uh, one's coming out. I think I look forward to things that I'm in control of. I look forward to my class reunion, and it's not till 2016. Why? Because I'm doing it. Because I'm doing all the stuff. I'm making all the stuff. I'm doing all the food. I'm setting it all up. I'm contacting all the people. I do enjoy all that process. When the thing happens itself, I'm like, mm, okay, that's fine. What's the next thing? I have a family reunion next week. I'm looking forward to that because I'm making a bunch of decorations and a slideshow. Well, then that's the same thing. Right, but I'm doing something. You're waiting for someone to dish it out to you. That's what I don't... Like, I, you could tell me right now that there'll never be another Bob's Burgers. I'll be fine with that. I'm not looking forward to the next season. I'm not looking forward to the next of anything. If you said Game of Thrones bombed out, no more Game of Thrones, I'd be like, well, that kind of sucks, but whatever. Or if you said, oh, Game of Thrones is on for ten more years, I'm not going to be like, oh, yes, I can't wait for ten more years of Game of Thrones. Like, I don't... I don't know what the thing is. So I always find it enthusiastic. I try to share in your enthusiasm. Well, video, I mean, video I don't give game, a shit about video games so I've much. been into video games since I was a child. Exactly. And I'm still as excited about them today as I was then. Absolutely. But I don't understand it. So, um... Not the video game part. The mind of just constantly look, being... And I'm sorry if it sounds condescending, but it's like you're being fed the information, you're consuming the information, you're being fed the video games, you consume the video game, you're being fed some more information, you consume the video game. It's like that. It's not a very, it's not, it seems interactive, but it doesn't from a distance, you know? But I know your enthusiasm, because you'll read every article and every magazine on every website and every post of everything that has anything to do with anything video game, even if you don't like it. True. (laughs) So I find it fascinating. Um, so overall, Halo 3 is like your Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So overall, I thought it was fun. Really good show. There was some surprises for me. Um, I'm interested in the PlayStation TV, and I'm also interested in, obviously, another Mirror's Edge. Will you buy a Wii U just for Zelda? I would not probably. I mean, yeah, Wii U. I would probably not buy a Wii U at this point. We're two years into but it. But Zelda looks pretty good. Yeah, it'd have to be cheap. I might, I'd pick one up for like $99, but I don't see that. How else are they going to sell them? Well, thing is, this Amiibo and this Zelda will come out and people will want them and they'll just keep the price up. Because people will buy them. Oh, thanks. <clears throat> you just need to have good stuff and there is some good yeah, stuff Yeah, just coming. good stuff and not a bunch of garbage to add to the world. Like a bunch of more figures. I find that really obnoxious. But so that, that makes it too. So. so that's E3 for another year. Overload of video game news. <laughs> I feel like I have to decompress this week. Well, I'm all right. I've been playing The Sims. What have you been talking so, uh, Sid Talk, what's for dinner? Well, in my hand, what am I holding in my precious hand? And don't say a green penis. A green penis? <laughs> no. Good guess. <laughs> it's a zucchini. It is. The only, first, the first zucchini. There's another one out there growing off of the deck garden, as I like to call I, it. On a different point, I was out there cleaning the mower yesterday. And I was stood while cleaning the mower. We've got where you screw the hose pipe to the mower and clean it. And I was stood there just waiting for it. And I could smell onions really strong. Oh, yeah. And I was stood next to the spring onions, I guess. Not spring onions. Like onion onions that I put around. Like it literally the... smells like yeah. there's a pile of onions there. Oh, the, that container that's hanging right, right. next to the faucet. That's it. That's it. Yeah, those are, because people say if you put onions around... 
that that'll keep a lot of pests away. So I made a, be- a bucket of onions, and I've got onions around the whole raised bed. Well, this zucchini came out of a pot because I put a zucchini plant, a strawberry, two strawberry plants, two pea peas, and a couple of things. I forget what I planted, but they're growing. That's now. a pretty decent zucchini. I think it looks awesome. And yeah. now there's another one growing, and then there's more blooms in there. Are you putting that in the t- dinner tonight? Yeah, tofu is what's for dinner. Right. Tofu with Fried. a certain yeah. Mm, well, it's. Put in the pan with some sauce, like a curry kind of tomatoey sauce. Put the zucchini in there, a little bit of potato, sweet potato. The only thing I don't like about zucchini is if they uh, have that squeaky teeth syndrome. That's just the skin, though. I can peel the skin off. That's the only thing that you. It, it makes kinda, me. Eat. Yeah. yeah. It's like but, chalk down I mean, look how tiny it is. <laughs> when we're talking penis, that might be generous for a lot of men. Maybe not the men in this room. <laughs> And that's what's for supper. I don't know what else. Potato, sweet potato, that, and some green beans, I think. Another squeaky favorite of yours. And, um... Oh. Yeah. Right up your alley. My advice is... It's I not even I, that. It's like, you have I to think scroll. I said, well, I'm worn <clears> out <throat> by all the E3 talk. I'm like, well, I don't even... Nothing I have to say means anything. Like, okay. I'm going to be simple with a brief explanation. In life, do more for less. It's not a sales pitch. It's not a phrase on a box of, on a storefront or anything. Just do more for less. Don't always think you have to get more back than you're giving because that's just bullshit. Like, sit at your desk and somebody comes up and asks you to work on a project. I don't get paid enough for that. What is that supposed to mean? I mean, nobody's asking you to fly to Mars and give up your whole life and die in space. True. They're asking you to do a little report or something, but you cross your arms and lean back in your chair. I don't get paid enough for this shit. Or somebody asks you to do a favor for them. It's like your mind is like, oh, what do I get? Just do the favor. The favor. Or offer to do a favor. Offer to do things that are... And I'm going to sound really corny. And I'm not this kind of person. I'm not a rah-rah cheerleader person. I'm not a life coach person. But, you know, doing things. This is going to sound. What do you think I want to say that's really corny? Like super corny. Makes you better? No. Doing things voluntarily and for the fun of it. And to make an event or a thing or a person or something a little bit better. Is its own reward. Oh. Like it really is. I would set up my class reunion. I do it for fun. I love it. And I might not, some year I might not even show up. I'll do all the stuff because I love all the stuff and I want everyone to be there, have a good time. I don't need to be there and be like, oh, thanks, 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 thanks. I'd rather, I would do it anonymously, but it's kind of hard to do it anonymously. I say just do more for less back at you because your time's not that valuable you're not that precious all there is to your life is what you do and how you make people feel that's it sometimes i make people feel like shit that's part of it but a lot of the time i try to make people at least in a moment even if they have no idea why they feel better or a little bit tiny bit lifted up that's better than crossing your arms and expecting some shit in return because that's just i don't know that's like like you're a robot that's been programmed. You're a puppet on a string. Ugh. <laughs> okay, so Tom, my time's valuable, so I'm going to cut you off there. Um, Disagree. So, yeah, we've been running for 90 minutes, so as long as the England match. 
So, let me remind you about our website, sayscully.com, sidto.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Microsoft's download thing, whatever that is. Um, RSS feed, just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast, you can find it there, or go to stitcher.com, and you can search for after the show, and you'll find us. Email feedback to aschoolie at aschoolie.com, don't email Sid Talk, she doesn't care, and time is money. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly my philosophy. And um, stay classy, Mr. Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Interesting, I'm going to say think for yourself, or someone will do it for you.